Our Old Testament reading this morning is a, is a hymn of praise to God from the Old Testament in the book of Exodus, uh, just after the Israelites had safely crossed across the, red, the waters of the Red Sea that had parted to allow them to make that journey and now receded to cover over those who were in pursuit of them. This is the 15th chapter of Exodus, the opening 11 verses. Again, I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed the enemy in pieces. And in the greatness of your excellence, you have overthrown those who rose against you. You sent forth your wrath. It consumed them like stubble. And with the blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright like a heap. The depths congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My desire shall be satisfied on them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind, the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Here ends this reading from God's holy word. Our New Testament reading this morning is from the epistle 1 Peter, the opening chapter beginning at verse 3 and continuing through verse 9. Again, I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written, Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith the salvation of your souls. Here ends this reading 
from God's holy word. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Indeed, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen. Oh Lord, what a morning. Last Sunday was uh, wonderful, wonderful to borrow a phrase from one of you. And while I know not all of you were able to be here for the Easter worship service, a bunch of you were. And with the addition of many visitors present in our midst, there was a nice crowd of folks gathered here to praise and worship the risen Lord Jesus to celebrate together his gift to us of new life, not just eternal, but abundant as well. And in this, we greatly rejoice. And now, here we are, one week later, there are special hymns still to be sung this day as we are in this season of Eastertide There are still some of the special flowers that adorn our historic sanctuary. There is still praising and praying to do. And yet, you may have noticed, it's not Easter. As one of you said at the conclusion of service last week, this was so great, maybe we should have an Easter every Sunday. And while, as they reminded us often, over and over in seminary, each Lord's Day is a a little Easter, you're right, it isn't quite the same. And I get that. The extended family gatherings uh, are over. The renewal of vows, at least for another three decades or so, are, are complete. The special meals have been eaten, though if you're like us, there are still a few leftovers to snack on in the fridge. The day feels just a little different, a bit less special, a bit more normal, and our spirits may not be seated on top of the mountain, but God is still with us. Just as the inheritance we have received in Jesus is one that we are reminded can never perish, spoil, or fade, so too the very real presence of God accompanies us in our ordinary times as well as our special ones through the faith we have been chosen. The presence and the power of God shields us through and in all seasons and through and in all circumstances. We may not feel the same sort of jubilant celebration in our bones this morning, but we may surely be comforted by the ongoing effects of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. We may have to wait another year for the Easter bunny to come hopping around to drop off for us More candy, gifts, and chocolate. Yum. 
But the Lord does not take time off. No breaks to restock treasures. No vacations to recharge. No, he's always working good for those who trust in him. In all this, we greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, we may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Yes, after the joy and distraction of the high holy days, we're back more or less to the usual grind. Sometimes that involves drainage issues. Sometimes that involves lack of water issues. And as if we needed any more reminder or confirmation that we are back to the grind, tomorrow is tax reckoning day, which would have hit Friday had it not, uh, no, yesterday had it not fallen on a weekend. But just because an Easter Sunday was celebrated, the Russian invasion of Ukraine did not cease. Just because an Easter Sunday was celebrated, the hospitals did not discharge all of their patients healed and restored. Just because an Easter Sunday was celebrated, the captives were not all released. Just because an Easter Sunday was celebrated doesn't mean that those sick, injured, or infirm of body or of mind or of spirit were suddenly healed. Just because an Easter Sunday was celebrated doesn't mean that all the damaged or broken relationships in our lives were suddenly restored. Just because an Easter Sunday was celebrated, the hungry were not all fed. Just because an Easter Sunday was celebrated, those living on the streets or in homeless encampments did not suddenly receive shelter. Just because an Easter Sunday was celebrated, not everyone in this country suddenly had access to clean running water. But we celebrate nonetheless. You may recall the gospel story of the two men, two men who had been followers of Jesus, departing from Jerusalem on Easter day and walking toward a town called Emmaus. And on that road, between the two of them, they were having a lively conversation and and there they were joined by a third whom they welcomed alongside. The, their discussion continued on. And one of the things that the men were wrestling with was just this. The dust has now settled from the events of the Passover week. And it has been quite a week. But things look Remarkably, like they did the week before the Passover. The one whom we thought might be the Messiah made a triumphant entry and, and then a disgraceful exit. The Pharisees, they're still running things in the temple. The Herodians are still in power. The Romans are still occupying our land and oppressing our people. So just because we celebrated a delightful Passover this year in Jerusalem, that doesn't mean that anything in this world has changed for the better. What's up with that? Okay, so if it doesn't mean any of these things, then what is the ongoing effect of the resurrection of Jesus validating the claims of his identity as Messiah 
and his victory over the foes who oppose him. At least when Moses and then Miriam led the people of Israel in their songs of deliverance on the eastern shore of the Red Sea, they did so in celebration and triumph for the Israelites had been freed from slavery and brought out into a brave new world of freedom and their oppressors had been erased from the face of the earth right in front of their eyes. But in the shadow of Easter, no victory was apparent. But, as I have been recently reminded, sometimes the things that go unseen and or unnoticed turn out to be much more important than those which are visible and readily apparent. I am speaking from experience with our house, which continues to be a work in progress. Shortly after we purchased this house, we did some cosmetic work to the grounds and to the interior in order to make it more visually appealing, for our intent was to put it on the seasonal rental market so that it would generate enough income for us to more easily pay the mortgage. Well, that was well and good until, of course, the pandemic came along, which brought with it much suffering, death, and destruction. The travel restrictions and the quarantine orders by local, state, and federal officials put us out of the rental business. Subsequently, though, we reset and took a closer look at the property and what we wanted to do with it to make it a home for us and our family, both in the near term and the very long term. So we set about viewing the house through a different lens and some of the things that began to be revealed to us led us to undertake work that was arguably less fun than the cosmetic stuff we had done in the yard and to the interior before. I won't bore you with all the particulars, but suffice it to say, in the last 13 months, these have generally been under the hood jobs, things that don't do much for the curb appeal, but which make it a more structurally sound space and which, it is hoped, will set the stage for generations of future use. So, what's the beach house got to do with Easter? Well, here's what I think. Jesus' followers, his friends and his disciples, couldn't see the change that he had wrought in the world, in part because they weren't looking for the change that he had wrought in the world. They were focused as probably everyone else in the crowd that welcomed into Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday. They were interested in the cosmetic changes to the property, what he was going to do for them in the here and the now after the manner of Moses' lead there at the Red Sea during the time of the exodus from Egypt. And when Jesus didn't perform one of these miracles, sprucing things up according to their expectations, they may have thought that he had failed. But what he was doing was so much more structurally important, so much more 
impactful than their limited imaginations allowed for, despite the fact that he had been teaching them about these sorts of things day in and day out for the last three years, as our New Testament lectionary reading for this morning concludes, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. That is some sort of lasting improvement. While not tangible, that is a gift far greater than any other bestowed on the people of God before or since. It makes even the exodus pale in comparison. In Jesus, a battle has been waged and won for us that we didn't even know was possible to fight. It is why we continue this day to sing hymns of resurrection, for we have been thoroughly and completely remade into new creations. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. May our anthems of praise rise like those of Moses and Miriam and the Hebrews looking back on the Red Sea as we look back on where we once were slaves, surveying a battleground of a victory we didn't have a hand in, grateful for the God who has ransomed us from the bonds of a captivity we could never have escaped on our own and has brought us into a new land and a new life, giving us a new covenant through the life, death, and resurrection of his son. And for that aftermath of Easter, we may truly say, thanks be to God and amen.